Hey, y'all, what is going on? What is going on? It is your girl, Melba Pearson, Melba for Miami, Melba for Justice, and it's time for another Mondays with Melba. So early voting in Miami and Miami Beach, our municipal elections, has already ended. It ended yesterday. Tomorrow is election day. So if you did not have an opportunity to vote and raise your voice, please be sure to do so if you live in Miami or Miami Beach. There are a number of really important seats up for election, um, including on both the Miami Beach and the City of Miami Commission. Um, we saw a lot of foolishness occur, especially in the city of Miami uh, recently on the uh, commissioner's dais, which is where all the commissioners sit, right? And just, you know, Joe Carroyo just saying crazy stuff. And um, we, of course, saw the chaos that uh, ensued around Chief Art Acevedo and that whole messy handling of that situation. So again, if you care about criminal justice reform, if you care about our community, these local elections have such a huge impact on your day-to-day -day life. So please make sure to go out and vote. Um, if you go on any of my web pages, you will see my voter's guide. Hit me up on Messenger if you missed it, um, but I'm always happy to share recommendations with folks with regards to um, candidates I'm supporting and why. So there's that. Okay, so we're going to dive into two other topics. Um, first off, we're going to talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Um, so this was a uh, defendant out of Kenosha County, Wisconsin. Um, actually, he's from Illinois, but he drove over to Kenosha, Wisconsin during the uh, social, social, excuse me, social justice protests of 2020. Um, he answered apparently a um, right-wing or extremist malicious call to come out and defend uh, the neighborhood, so to speak, uh, against quote unquote, uh, these communist insurgents, et cetera, et cetera. And he ended up coming over as a 17 year old with his AR-15 um, and killing some folks, not okay. He's currently uh, on trial now for his actions, and there was a huge bombshell ruling in this case. Uh, so the judge made a ruling. The judge's name is Judge Bruce Schroeder. And the defense in this case basically asked the judge to allow them to call the people that Kyle Rittenhouse is alleged to have killed, uh, allow them to call these folks, these victims, looters and rioters and arsonists. And at the same time, they had asked that the phrase or the term victims not be used in connection with the people that um, were killed as a result of his actions. Their whole defense is self-defense, that basically he was confronted by this crowd and he had to do what he needed to do to survive and get home. Now, the question is, self-defense does not apply if you started the problems, right? <laughs> Unless you actively retreat and say, listen, I'm just kidding, so sorry, so sorry, and you know, walk away from the situation and the attack continues. That's a separate issue. But if you instigate it, you don't get to start something and then cry self-defense. It doesn't work that way. So the judge made a ruling saying and basically agreeing with the defense that the use of the term victim uh, was too prejudicial and that the prosecution is forbidden from using that term in connection with those folks. Now, that's not unusual because most judges feel the same way, that the term victim basically um, assumes guilt, right? And when you're going into a trial, you can't assume guilt. The person is innocent until proven guilty, right? 
So most judges will say something along the lines of use the term alleged victim rather than victim. So it's not a foregone conclusion. So that part of the ruling is not problematic. What is problematic, though, is that the judge gave the defense the ability to call um, these folks, uh, arsonists, rioters, and looters, if evidence comes out consistent that those folks did those actions. So what's kind of wonky here is that the argument that the defense made with regards to you know, the term alleged victim or the term victim in and of itself, um, you know, the judge was basically like, listen, you have to prove that the person is actually a victim, right? So that makes sense. But it's sort of like the double-edged sword here in the way that they're talking about the, the, the other folks. Because listen, at the end of the day, these folks, the, the people that got killed are not on trial here. Kyle Rittenhouse is on trial here, right? So by calling them all these names, when they haven't been convicted of doing any of those things, it's not justice, right? So we're gonna have to see how all of this pans out. I've got huge issues with, with that ruling. Um, the one caveat, the one good thing is that basically the judge said, listen, the evidence has to show that these people engaged in those activities which kind of shifts the burden on the defense to prove that these people were engaged in those activities, right? So the prosecution is gonna to have to be super vigilant and object to make sure that those terms don't like flip out <laughs> in front of the jury, because the reality is you can't unring a bell that's already been rung. Once the jury has heard you know, those terms in connection with those folks, even if the evidence hasn't come out yet, the prosecution can jump up and can object. The judge can you know, sustain the objection, meaning, yeah, okay, prosecution, you're right, but the jury's already heard it. So that starts to play into their mind in deciding what the verdict should be. So that's problematic, right? So I'm gonna to continue to keep an eye on the case. They're gonna start jury selection um, soon. And so I'll be doing some legal commentary on that and keeping everybody up to date. Now, the second thing we're going to talk about today is Alec Baldwin. So as many of you may know, he was filming a movie out west, a movie called Rust, and he was handed a gun that was supposed to be only filled with blanks, not live ammunition, not actual bullets. Um, for the purposes of this movie shoot, he fired the weapon as part of the script and it ended up killing a, one of the directors and injuring another member of the crew. So now the question is going to be whether or not Alec Baldwin is going to face any kind of charges for his actions. So, you know, I'm kind of looking at all of this and it's, it's you know, it's, it's very sad, right? Uh, you know, overall, but the fault does not lie with Alec Baldwin. And let me explain to you why. So Alec Baldwin uh, is an actor. He is not known to necessarily be a firearms expert. And when you go onto a movie set, there are two people at the very least who are critical when it comes to firearms on the set. And that is the armorer, right? So that's the person that actually gets the gun and you know shakes the bullets to make sure that it's a dummy bullet. So not to get too in the weeds, but if it's a dummy bullet, if you shake it, it almost sounds like a rattle, like it's got sand or something in it, right? And if it's an actual bullet, a live round that could kill someone, if you shake it, you won't hear anything, right? It's going to be silent. 
So that is the process that the armorer goes through is to usually shake it in front of the assistant director or whoever it is that's in charge of the firearms on the set to show, hey, this is a dummy round, putting it in the, in the gun. You then hand the gun to, the, to you know, the, the other assistant director. In this case, it was David Hall, who was the assistant director, and it was Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, who was the armorer. So she was the person in charge of putting the bullets in the gun. She did that handed it to David Hall. David Hall did not check her work. He then handed it over to Alec Baldwin and said, cold gun, which means this, there are no live rounds in this gun. So he, Alec Baldwin, takes David Hall at his word, right? He's the expert and he's the one that's in charge of making sure that the gun is safe. And then he went about his business. And then unfortunately, two people ended up being getting shot, the person, Helena Hutchins, was the one who passed away. And then Joel Souza is the one that actually was injured. I believe he was shot in the shoulder. So because of the fact that he was not responsible, he being Alec Baldwin, was not responsible for the gun, was not responsible for its maintenance, certainly is not a firearms expert, is under no burden or requirement to check the gun before he fires it because the protocol is these two other people do that work. I don't see him getting charged with any crimes in this case. However, when we talk about David Hall, who was the assistant director in charge of the firearm safety, he had been fired from a previous movie set because of safety issues. The morning of the shooting, a number of crew members walked off the set because of safety violations and concerns with regards to an unsafe work environment. So all of that information is going to be very important here because it would be him and the armorer that could face criminal charges. Charges such as manslaughter, because again, it's not that they intended to kill anyone or anything like that, or it was a heat of passion or a fit of rage or anything like that. It was being negligent, right? Like they, they were sloppy in what they were doing. And that is how a live round ended up in the gun, right? So they could face manslaughter charges as well as aggravated battery or some sort of battery with, uh, you know, grave, you know, grave felony uh, injury, right? Because of the fact that uh, Joel Souza was shot and was injured, had to be hospitalized, that can end up being another charge as well. More information is coming to light every day. The police department is still continuing their investigation. Um, but I think at this point, we can pretty safely say Alec Baldwin is in the clear legally. However, emotionally, it's going to take him a minute to get over that, right? Because, you know, you basically killed somebody and that was not your intent. You know, that's just not who you are. And so that's going to have a lot of emotional after effects for him for a while. I mean, I could see him not wanting to do another action movie or anything having to do with firearms again. I, I could totally see that. Um, but we're going to see whether or not the armor and the assistant director are going to face charges in this case. So stay tuned because, you know, this is a day by day situation. It's an evolving situation and it's going to move pretty quickly. So that's the story on that. All right. So that is it for today's Mondays with Melba, keeping it quick and dirty. Uh, next week, I'm going to have on Edward McGovern, who is going to talk about school safety. Um, he is a retired police officer. So he's going to be talking about he, the work he's doing um, to keep students safe around the country as well as in our state. All right, y'all. Take good care. Bye. And don't forget to vote.